0: God is the God of the universe. God is the God of everybody. And that is what John was referring to when he said that the one that does not love does not know God. But the confidence that you must have in the word of God from within, that deep assurance. The heaven is a state of happiness which comes as a result of living a useful life. The heavenly pursuit is usefulness. The heavenly pursuit is love. In the wisdom of God, it is universal. It is universal because it does not belong to a certain set. Hallelujah. The Lord wants me to tell you that He wants to do great things with your life. Matthew chapter five, verse six. Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. So this is one of the Beatitudes and Jesus starts by saying that blessed are the poor in spirit for theirs is the kingdom of heaven he says blessed are they that mourn for they shall be comforted Then he said blessed are the meek for they shall inherit the earth then Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness for they shall be filled. Now these things that Jesus speaks about that he says if you have it then you are blessed they are virtues that belong to him. So they are virtues that belong to their Lord. So to be poor in spirit Is something that the Lord will have to do in a man. In other words, it is the Lord that brings a man to the state of poverty in spirit. Do you understand that? It is the Lord that brings a man to that point. Those that mourn. It is the Lord that brings a man to the place of mourning. It is the Lord that brings a man to the place of meekness. And it is the Lord that brings a man to the place of hungering and testing after righteousness. Hallelujah. So these are not virtues that belong to man in himself. They are virtues that are with the Lord that he gives to man. And actually, these are the stages of a man's development in terms of what the Lord is able to put in the heart of the man. Because to be poor in spirit is to be willing to give up your wisdom. Do you understand that? And the Lord is saying that to such belongs the kingdom. You see, so when a man comes to the state where he does not trust in his own wisdom, which is his riches, but he is willing to receive the wisdom that comes from the Lord, then the man is poor in spirit, and it is the Lord's work in that man that makes the man like that to understand that man cannot generate meekness from himself. Man cannot come to the place of mourning over the evils that he commits, over the evils that are in his heart, to he come to the place where he feels a sense of sorrow and sadness over his own spiritual state. It is the Lord that brings man to that place. So if the Lord is able to bring you to the place of poverty of spirit. Then you are blessed. Hallelujah. If the Lord is able to bring you to the place of mourning, then you are blessed. If the Lord is able to bring you to the place of meekness, then you are blessed. If the Lord is able to bring you to the place where you begin to hunger and test after righteousness, then you are blessed. Hallelujah. And today our focus is hungering and testing after righteousness. And righteousness is good works. Hallelujah. But good works are not just actions. Good works must come from a good motive, a true understanding, then the action comes. So for good works to be good works, in it must subsist the good intention and then the true thinking. Amen. So blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness. This is righteousness, good works. Hallelujah. Yesterday we learned that priesthood is good works. And the priest produces good works from the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And Jesus said that the man that comes to the place where he begins to hunger and thirst after good works, that man is blessed. Because such a man will be filled. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Such a man will eat of these good works and be filled. will come to the place of satisfaction and be filled, Hallelujah. And when we talk of these good works, there are two types of good works. The first one is the good work that the Lord does in the man. In other words, the transformation of the heart of the man. And then its effect or its completeness is in the good works that the man produces. Hallelujah. And you see, it says that you hunger and test. There is a test there for a reason. In scripture times, there is hunger alone. Then there's hand together with test. Then there is test alone. And they seem to speak about similar things. And it is for a reason. The reason is that good works must be produced from the spirit or spiritual revelation of truth. The spiritual revelation of truth speaks of the drink. So to test is to seek that spiritual revelation by which good works will be produced. Do you understand that? That's what it means to test. So to hunger and test after righteousness is to desire for the good works and then the spirit by which the good works will be produced. Hallelujah. To desire after good works and then the spirit by which the good works will be produced. Good works are not just produced. They are produced by a certain spirit. They are produced by a certain perception of reality. They are produced by a certain understanding that brings the Lord into the equation. That is what it means to be filled with the Spirit. Ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost is come upon you. And ye shall be my witnesses. The good works is the witness. Hallelujah. That is the testimony. Ye shall be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in Judea. In Samaria, and to the uttermost parts of the earth. You shall receive power. Now, this power is what the perception of truth brings. Now, that is what produces faith. So, if the kingdom of God is about faith, which were by love, then what it is that we are going to produce, we need faith in order to produce it. Hallelujah. We need faith. Without the faith, we cannot please God. We cannot do the will of God. We cannot bring forth the good works. It is faith that brings God into the operation. It is faith that employs the hand of God to make sure that the work that is being produced, it is being produced by God. Amen. So the faith dimension speaks of the testing. Then the good works itself speaks of the handering. Righteousness is not just an act. It's an act that is done through the perception of truth or it's an act that is done through faith. That is why we hunger and test after righteousness because it's not just the good works, but the faith by which these good works are produced. Amen. And Jesus said that if a man comes to the place where he begins to hunger for the good works and he begins to test after the spirit by which the good works will be produced, it is the Lord that brings that man to that place. And the Lord says that that man is blessed because he's going to be filled. Hallelujah. In other words, those good works are going to be produced by that man. So now, what does the Lord do in order to bring man to the place of hungering and testing after righteousness? Because we know that it is the Lord's work in man, isn't it? So, what does the Lord do in order to bring man to that place? Hallelujah. Turn it back, wilderness. So let's read something in Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 1. All the commandments which I command thee this day shall ye observe to do, that ye may live. Hallelujah. To live is to produce good works. Hallelujah. That is what it means to live, to produce good works. That is why Jesus said, man shall not live by bread alone. Now, we'll get there so that you understand that. So to live is to produce good works. So it says that if you observe these commandments, which then will involve your spiritual transformation, hallelujah, and to whatever extent you observe the commandment of God, it is to that extent that you are transformed spiritually. Amen. And it is to that extent that you are transformed for good works. Every transformation is for good works. We are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto what? Good works. So the creation in Christ Jesus is always unto good works. Hallelujah. So anyone that God is working upon, your outward attitude has to do with the production of good works, producing fruits. If that outward attitude is missing, then it means that God is not doing his work in you. Hallelujah. Please, Yana, Sana. But I believe that for many of us, that outward attitude is not missing, but there is an enslavement, a convincing done by the enemy that you are not good enough to do anything for God. Hallelujah. That is the reason why the thought that you could do something for God is a nice thought. Yeah, because that is a sign that God is doing his work in you. So the problem is not that God is not doing his work in you. The problem is that you have been convinced that you are not worthy for God to use in any way. Hallelujah. So when the commandments are given and we obey these commandments through the process of obeying and all the things that such obedience involves, now in observing the commandment, we come to the place that we begin to live. Hallelujah. That you may live and multiply. That is bringing forth the fruit, right? Multiplication of good and truth. And go in and possess the land which the Lord swear unto your fathers. And thou shalt remember all the way which the Lord thy God led thee these 40 years. Now, 40 year period is the period of temptation, the period of the wilderness. Hallelujah. Where the Lord leads us to turn away from what is evil. And through that, embrace what is good. That is the period of temptation. We learned on Sunday that when you leave Egypt, you enter the wilderness, isn't it? So these 40 years is the same as 40 days. So 40-40 is the period of temptation. Amen. So now it says, God led thee these 40 years in the wilderness. So that what will happen? To humble thee. Amen. Blessed are the meek, right? You need it, right? And there's a way God will produce it in you, if you don't rebel. And it is through the wilderness. Because he led them to the wilderness to humble thee and to prove thee. You see, you want to love God, right? It's in the wilderness that you obtain a heart for God. Hallelujah. That's where you get it. So, and to prove thee and to know what is in thine heart whether thou would just keep his commandment or no. Now, this keep his commandment. You see, some of you say that, hey, what if those in heaven, they decide to rebel against God? Then I say it doesn't work like that because what it takes to become heavenly is the wilderness. And in the wilderness, it is proving what is in your heart already. Hallelujah. So if there's no evil in your heart, there's no evil there. You understand that? That is why... The argument that there was war in heaven literally, it doesn't work, because of what it takes to be in heaven. Hallelujah. It says that to prove thee and to know what was in thine heart, whether thou wouldest keep his commandments or no, and he humbled thee and suffered thee to hunger. He humbled thee. So listen, the wilderness was so that they would begin to hunger. Now, take the wilderness as the period of fasting. Fasting from evils. So, before your food was evil. Do you get it? Through the wilderness experience, God brings you to the place where now you are hungry. But this hunger is a hunger for righteousness. The Bible said in Matthew chapter 4 that the Spirit of God led Jesus into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. And as he fasted for 40 days, he was hungry. Then the devil came to tempt him. You see, when you think of the 40-day fasting and the hunger, you think, the ass, he hasn't eaten, then he'll be hungry, right? No. he is fasting from evil. And fasting from evil produces another hunger. Before the fast, you are hungry for evil. So you are now fasting from it, separating yourself from it, right? And that allows for another hunger for righteousness to step in. So to hunger After fasting is to hunger after righteousness after you have let go of the hunger for evil. Please understand that. So now back to Deuteronomy. Said, and he humbled thee and suffered thee to hunger. So the hungering in the wilderness is a good thing. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Because this hunger is a hunger for righteousness, it's a hunger for good works. It is the wilderness that produces it. Remember, the Lord says, Blessed are those who hunger and test after righteousness. And I'm saying that this to hunger and test after righteousness, it belongs to the Lord. So if a man will come to such a place, then it will have to be the work of the Lord in that man. And I'm explaining to you how the Lord does this work. It is through the wilderness, where that man is taught by the Lord to fast from evil. Hallelujah. In other words, fasting from evil produces a hunger after righteousness. So he humbled them and suffered them to hunger and fed thee with manna. So when they became hungry, God gave them food. But this food is called manna. This food is not the righteousness. You see, that's why I explained that in the hunger, there's a hunger and a test. In many cases, the test because it speaks of how the hunger will be satisfied. Because it is by faith that will produce the good works, right? So what the test represents, it can be used in connection with the good works. Do you understand that? It's by the Spirit of God that will produce good works. It is by faith that will produce good works. Do you understand that? And that is the testing part. Now these people, God brought them to the place where they were now hungry for good works. But what God did was that he gave them manna. So God led them to the point where they were hungry. In the letter, they were just hungry for food. But in the spirit, we understand the journey through the wilderness and how God brings a man to the place where he begins to hunger and thirst after righteousness. Where you begin to desire to be used by God, to bring forth some kind of fruit. It is the Lord's work you understand that? Then what God does for you afterwards is to begin to give you manna. said, and fed thee with manna, which thou knowest not. Very important, because manna is what is this, right? And that is the spiritual perception of truth. Hallelujah. Because you cannot know that perception of truth in the flesh, in the natural. So he fed them with manna, which thou knowest not. Neither did thy fathers know, that he might make thee know that man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeded out of the mouth of the Lord that man live. So he gave them the manna to eat so that they will understand. You see, now, because of the way the scripture is read in the literature, you think, okay, God just wanted them to know that it's not just physical bread that you used to eat, you understand that, or you live by. You also need something from the Spirit. I mean, that's true, right? But this is not what the Scripture is talking about. God is showing them how good works are produced. He said when they were hungry, so they desired the good works, He gave them manna to eat. you understand that? And the manna they did not know, and their fathers did not know, so that they will now understand that man does not live by bread alone. You see, if you are hungry, you are looking for good works, isn't it? but it is not the good works alone that you need in order for you to live. So it's I like you want to produce good works, but you think that having haven't just done something that is good, that is it. But for man to really live, it's a combination of the two. So it's not that bread is not necessary. You don't live by bread alone. You live by bread and every word where that proceeded out of the mouth of God. And that is the Spirit. So here God is showing that when they became hungry and he gave them manna, he was showing them that it is through the Spirit that the good works are produced. Hallelujah. It is through the Spirit, it is through the perception of truth that the good works are produced. And we find this same thing repeating itself in the wilderness when the devil came to tempt Jesus. The Bible says, when he was hungry, now Jesus being hungry meant that he desired good works in the people. Hallelujah. that is god if god is hungry he wants good works to be done in you amen so the bible said satan came to tempt him and the temptation was that he should turn these stones into bread hallelujah now the hunger is the good works so the bread will correspond to the hunger but the problem here is that the stone which is truth that is going to be turned into bread is being offered by the enemy So it is the use of falsehood or any means other than the means provided by the Lord to produce the good works. Hallelujah. So when Jesus said, it is written, he was talking about it from Deuteronomy. It is written, man shall not live by bread alone. So then those that desire good works, what God gives to them is the spirit, so that by the spirit, the good works will be produced. Without the Spirit, the good works will not be produced. And if a man thinks to himself that he knows something that is good and sets out to produce it without the Spirit of God, that good is not good. Hallelujah. So it does not make that man alive. So such a man that has just good on the outside, just like that, is not alive. But the man that has good from the perception of truth or from the infilling of the Spirit of God That man is alive. So man shall not live by bread alone. And Moses is saying that when God took them to the wilderness, this was the message. The summary of the wilderness message is that man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeded out of the mouth of God. In other words, the message of the wilderness is to give them the bread and the wine. The bread representing the good works, and then the wine representing the spirit by which the good works are produced you understand that? And that is an important thing to note because it's not just that, Lord, I want to produce some good works, but it is also the spirit that you must offer yourself to in order for you to be used to produce those good works. Hallelujah. Yeah. So to hunger, we must go through the wilderness. We must go through the period of fasting from evils. The more we fast from evils, the more we begin to hunger and thirst after righteousness. The more we fast from evils, the more we begin to hunger and thirst after good works. Hallelujah. And when we begin to desire good works, the message of God is that man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeded out of the mouth of God. Hallelujah. So in John chapter 4, verse 1, when therefore the Lord knew how the Pharisees had heard that Jesus made and baptized more disciples than John, though Jesus himself baptized not, but his disciples, he left Judea and departed again into Galilee. And he must needs go through Samaria. So it was necessary that he go through Samaria. Then came he to a city of Samaria, which is called Sychar, near to the parcel of ground that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. Now Jacob's well was there, Jesus, therefore, being wearied with his journey, sat thus on the wall. Now, this weariness from the journey has to do with the weariness of the flesh. Again, it's similar to the wilderness experience. Hallelujah. Because there, if you check, you realize that the disciples then went to look for food. Hallelujah. So look at Jesus. He says, now, Jesus, therefore, being wearied with his journey, sat thus on the well. And it was about the sixth hour. Now remember the well, living water is going to be drawn out of the well. So he sat there. He was wearied from his journey. And so he sat there. Amen. There came a woman of Samaria to draw water. Jesus said unto her, give me to drink. For his disciples were gone away unto the city to buy meat. Hallelujah. So now if Jesus is telling the woman to give her to drink, the actual message is that like, I want to give you drink. And he explains it. Hallelujah. Then said the woman of Samaria unto him, How is it that thou, being a Jew, askest drink of me, which I am a woman of Samaria? For the Jews have no dealings with the Samaritans. Jesus answered and said unto her, If thou knowest the gift of God, and who it is that saith to thee give me to drink, thou wouldest have asked of him, and he would have given thee living water. Hallelujah. So now let's establish a spiritual principle here. The Lord is asking the woman to give him water to drink. And we know that it means that the Lord wants to rather give the woman water to drink. And this kind of water is the spiritual perception of truth. So now Jesus is also telling the woman that if she knew the gift of God, and who it is that is telling her to give him water to drink, then she will now go on to ask him to give him living water. It's an important thing to note because there's the requirement of God and there is what you must do as a result of the requirement of God. The requirement of God is that God desires drink for you. That is a spiritual perception of truth. So from God's side, he's looking for that from you. And it means that he's looking for it for you. Then your path when you see that this is what God wants from you, what you do is to look for it from God. It's an important spiritual principle. Anything that God desires from you, it is your responsibility to look for it from God. If you go the other way of trying to look for it from yourself in order to please God, you will find that you do not please God. Because in yourself, you cannot generate any of the things that God requires of you. So if God says, give me five cities, then you look to God to take five cities from him so that you may have it on offer. Because it means that God is going to use the five cities to do something through you. If God says, give me ten cities, then you look to God for the ten cities. you understand that? You ask him for the ten cities so that you may acquire it from him. That is how the spiritual principle works. When you find that God is requiring something of you, don't go and hide somewhere and then look for that thing. So that you can come and say that, God, look at it. You become like that guy who had one talent. And said, I know that you're a hard man. See, if God asks you for something and you cannot receive it from God, then God wants to reap where he has not sown. And that is not the case. And that is to think evil of God. So whatever God requires of you, you can go to him for it. If he requires that you do not fear, but you are afraid, you go to him for the spirit of love and of a sound mind, right? So this is what we have in place of fear. So if fear is there, then you go and look for this kind of spirit from the Lord. You don't say that God says, I shouldn't fear. Say, hey, then let me not fear. You go looking for not fearing from him. If God says that you must be wise, then you go to him for wisdom. If God says you must have understanding, you go to him for understanding. If God says you must have love in your heart, you go to God looking for that love in your heart. Hallelujah. Do you understand that? So that's a principle I just wanted us to establish. it. But that's what Jesus is communicating to her, that he is the one going to give her living water. So all this while us he seems to be requiring the living water from her, the understanding is that he rather wants to give in her the living water so that through the living water, he may operate through her. Remember, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every proceeding from the mouth of God. That here is the living water. Amen? The woman said unto him, sir, thou hast nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. From whence then thou hast that living water? Art thou greater than our father Jacob, which gave us the well, and drank thereof himself, and his children, and his cattle? Jesus answered and said unto her. Whosoever drinketh of this water shall test again, but whosoever drinketh of the water that I shall give him shall never test. But the water that I shall give him shall be in him a well of water springing up into what? Everlasting life. Now this everlasting life is the life of good works. Hallelujah. Anytime you think of everlasting life, think the life of good works. So this water will be in him a well of water springing up going forth into what? Everlasting life. The woman said unto him, sir, give me this water that I test not. Neither come hither to draw." Powerful woman. Hallelujah. Jesus said unto her, go call thy husband and come hither. You see, if you look at this, Jesus is just showing her life things, right? But it's a requirement. The husband part. But it's not our point here, so let's just go through. 17. The woman answered and said, I have no husband. He said unto her, thou hast well said, I have no husband. So it's true that she doesn't have a husband. Hallelujah. For thou hast had five husbands, and he whom thou now hast is not thy husband. In that sayest thou truly. You see, so you have had five husbands, and the one that you are with now is not your husband. Hallelujah. Twenty. the woman said unto her, Sir, I perceive that thou art a prophet. Our fathers worshiped in this mountain, and ye say that in Jerusalem is the place where men ought to worship. So the woman is now trying to sort a question that is on her mind. He said unto her, Woman, believe me, the hour cometh. When ye shall neither in this mountain nor yet at Jerusalem worship the Father. Ye worship ye know not what. We know what we worship. So you worship what you don't know. We know what we worship. For salvation is of the Jews. But the hour cometh, and now is when the true worshippers shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father seeketh such to worship him. God is a spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and what, in truth. The woman said unto him, I know that Messiah is coming, which is called Christ. When he is come, he will tell us all things. Jesus said unto her, I that speak unto thee, am he. So that's the encounter. Remember, this encounter begins from Jesus being wearied from his journey. And because of that, he sat at the well. Do you understand that? So if he's wearied from his journey, he is hungering and testing after righteousness. Hallelujah. So this hunger and test after righteousness leads him to the well where he begins to do the divine work. And in this case, the divine work is being done on this woman. Amen. And upon this came his disciples and marveled that he talked with the woman. Yet no man said what's sickest down or why talkers down with her. Do you see? <laughs> it's not only you down when you are with your boss, you can't say something. Hallelujah. <laughs> the woman then left her water pot and went her way into the city and said to the men. So, this is what the woman did. After this encounter with the Lord, she was also triggered by the Lord. Hallelujah. And that's also an important thing that I want us to take note of that the hunger and the test for righteousness, that is with the Lord. When the Lord seeks to satisfy that hunger and test, he triggers the man to whom that satisfaction comes. In other words, when the Lord comes on your case, he triggers you to also begin to hunger and test after righteousness. And we see that playing in the life of the woman. So this woman that came for the water at the well, left her pot there, and then decided to get into the town. And you have to understand, literally speaking, this woman had no business going to say what she was going to say. Because already Jesus has explained her life. Her life is that she has had five husbands and the one that she's with is not her husband. So she's unclean in every way. Diana so with this little encounter that she had, she ran into that place where nobody is expecting her to begin to say such things. She ran there and started talking. Hallelujah. It is like the lepers that went to deliver the city. You know that the lepers, they, they are outcasts. They are not supposed to live amongst the people. Hallelujah. So in terms of qualification as to the people through whom deliverance may come, it is not the lepers. But it is day that the Lord used. Hallelujah. Santa, it is they that the Lord used. And then through them, the word of the prophet came to pass that there will be food in the city by the following day. These same four lepers. Hallelujah. So now she goes into the city and begins to tell the men, Come, see a man which told me all things that ever I did. Is not this the Christ? Now, if you look at this carefully, all that you see Jesus has done with this woman is that he has showed her her sins. That's all. Now, you think about it. If Jesus has told her all the things she ever did, what are the things she ever did? Hallelujah. <laughs> are they not sins? Before the Lord, there are sins. It's from the Lord that righteousness begins to develop. Hallelujah. And we can say this is just the work. But even just that, there was something she could do. Hallelujah. Please said, all that she had before, she was not aware. Now she has become aware of the evils that are with her. And even that, there is some work that she could do. So he it said, it's not this the Christ. Then they went out of the city and came unto him. Hallelujah. Through the work of the woman, they went out of the city and came to the Lord. In the meanwhile, his disciples prayed him, saying, Master, eat. Remember, they went to get the food, right? Then he tells them, I have meat to eat that ye know not of. Hallelujah. You know, it to be a confusing thing being Jesus' disciple. Because all the things that Jesus is doing and saying is from heaven. And then you two, your minds are fastened to the earth, So you are trying to interpret what he's saying, right? And you can't hold the head or tail of it. Because... Again, I would interpret, the you know, like you are off. This is, he says he has eaten. But what can they do? They have to begin to wonder if somebody brought him food, right? Had any man brought him out to eat? 34. Jesus said unto them, My meat is to do the will of him that sent me, and to do what? To finish his work. That is his meat. That's the good works. So it means that when they came and he was hungry, to deal with the woman was actually the meat that he wanted to eat. To bring some good into the life of the woman. Now remember, hunger is a discomforting state. So it's not a passive state. It's not a state that you are unaware of. You, get, you are very much aware because There's a need. There's a necessity. Do you get it? And this is what Jesus felt. And this is the kind of hunger that the Lord wants us to begin to feel as he takes us through the wilderness where we do we come into that discomforting state until that good that the lord wants to do in that person in our lives has been accomplished it is almost as though then till that good is done we cannot eat hallelujah it's like so that good is done there is no food so that discomforting state of hunger will persist so we have been able to, by the grace of God, bring good to the life of the one that God has made us hungry about. Tell anybody, let God make you hungry about someone. Hallelujah! And when I say hunger, not because they don't have money, they give them money. No. It's a hunger and thirst after righteousness, and this righteousness has to do with the divine work in the person. There are other things that everybody can do. It's not bad. You get it. But you can't just be giving material things to people and think that that is good works. You must seek their soul. Hallelujah. You must seek their soul. You must seek that the Lord will touch their soul. And that is the kind of hunger that the Lord wants to bring to our hearts. Hallelujah. And that is why God said, I should tell you that he wants to do great things with you. So that you begin to hunger, according to the work of the Lord, you begin to hunger and test after righteousness. Because this hunger and test is a sign that great things are coming. And then when you hunger and test, the message that God has for you is that man shall not live by bread alone. So the hunger and the test must now be followed by a search after faith, a search for the Spirit of God, that something may come upon you. Hallelujah. By which the good works may be brought forth. Amen. So that is his speech. Verse 35. Say not you, there are yet four months, and then come at harvest. Is that not what you say? That there are yet four months, and then come at harvest. Behold, I say unto you, lift up your eyes, and look on the fields. For they are white already to harvest. Now you understand what you've been talking about. Because Jesus is talking to now, he's telling them about a harvest. Hallelujah. Then you understand what Jesus' meat is for real and what it was that he was doing with the woman at the well. So he's telling his disciples that you normally say that it is for man. If you read it in the letter, you are going to think that. As you were thinking, it's left with four months for the harvest to come. The harvest has come. So it's not four months, yeah, it has come. Do you get it? No. Don't think like that. It's actually true that it takes four months because of what the number four is. The number four, four square. You see, the city lies four square, right? So it's the completeness of the work of God. You see, it's the joining together of what is of love and what is of faith. That is the number four. That's four square. Did you get it? So this four months, so that the harvest will come, is the building up of the person to the point that God wants him to be at. Do you get it? It's the completeness of the divine work in that person. Well, the harvest is the new creation. Hallelujah. So you say that it is four months, then at the harvest. Behold, I say unto you, lift up your eyes and look on the fields, for they are white already to harvest. Hallelujah. What it means to harvest is the preaching of truth. Hallelujah. How can that be the harvest? That's why, you see, I explained to you that when Jesus sent the disciples, he told them that don't go to the Gentiles. Don't go to the Samaritans. Go to the lost sheep of Israel. You, understand that? you see, the people that God has sent us Onto, They are people in whom the divine work is being done already. That's why Jesus said, lift up your eyes. Because if it is just a simple literal vision to just think of anyone what you would think, you don't need to lift your eyes. Because to lift up your eyes is to perceive in the spirit. In other words, to even know the harvest, hallelujah, to know the harvest, you need to see by the eyes of God, by divine perception. Because those that we have been called to, for instance, as you, have started, as you have believed the word of God, you may think that as you heard the word of God, right, that is when the divine work started. But it's also not true. The divine work started in you and was at work in you before you heard our preaching. Our preaching is a calling forth. And every level is also a harvest. So in spiritual development, right, there's the final harvest, okay? Then there's also your step-by-step development, which then will mean a harvesting onto another level, a harvesting onto another level, and all that is also done by the word of God. Amen. So he says, and lift up your eyes, and look on the fields. Lift up your eyes. And that's also a command from the Lord to us, right? Not that, oh, just look, lift your eyes. See in the spirit, you begin to see the harvest. Those that you must begin to hunger for, the Lord by His Spirit will open your eyes to them. Lift up your eyes and look on the fields, for they are white already to harvest. Verse 36. Now look at it. So what I've explained, Jesus is going to talk about it now. And he that repented received wages. Hallelujah. So who is he that reapeth? You. He that reapeth, received wages, and got the red fruit unto life eternal. That both he that soweth. Who is it that soweth? The Lord. Or better still, the priests that are in heaven. The heavenly priesthood. We discuss that. There is a priest in heaven, there is a priest in the earth. Amen? And there is a partnership. Hallelujah. So now he says that. So that both he that soweth, and he that repent may rejoice together. the one that God sends you to work on, you are not the only person working on that person. Hallelujah, you may be the only one in the earth working on the person, but in God's universe, you are not the only one. Tell your neighbor don't talk like you're the only one. Hallelujah. And that's what Elijah was complaining about right I'm the only prophet left, right? No, there are others. So that both he that soweth and he that reapeth may rejoice together. So anyway, the harvest is ready, but you need to lift up your eyes to see it. God wants to make you hungry, but it is through a process. Submit to the process of fasting. Fasting from evils then you begin to hunger and thirst after righteousness. Hallelujah. When this hunger is produced, remember, then that man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeded out of the mouth of God. want to go to God in prayer. As he's telling us that he wants to do great things with us, then we also want to go to him and tell him that he should put into our heart a hunger for such great things. Because without such a hunger, then whatever God wants to do, we are not even aware. But when this hunger begins to well up within you, then you know that God has visited you. And what you are looking for is the faith by which such works may be done. And it is the same God who supplies the faith. God wants to do great things with your life. Mighty things with you. He wants to send you forth as sheep in the midst of wolves, as one who is led by the Lord in the midst of those that are rebelling against God, right? He wants to send you forth to the harvest. He said, lift up your eyes. The harvest is already ripe." In the future, we'll discuss why he said four months because month is moons, four moons, and moon speaks of the truth. Okay, as against the sun, which is love. But in the future, we'll look at that specifically in what it is. But the whole idea is that a a humana But don't think that you work alone. Because you are working in partnership with the Lord. And in this context, the angels that are in heaven. So, mm-hmm. Hallelujah. So the question is What are the works that God has arranged? Hallelujah. And you know, God always is arranging. It is for us to lift up our eyes that we listen. It is for us to begin to hunger and test after righteousness. If you come to that place, the Lord says, blessed are you. And if by any means you are at that place, but the enemy wants to convince you that nothing good shall come out of Nazareth, the Lord says, I should tell you that the enemy is lying. Hallelujah. Because to conceive the hunger for righteousness is of the Lord. So if it is conceived in you, then the Lord has visited you. If he has visited you, then he has already chosen you that he may use you for his work. want to pray. The Lord, I want that hunger I want to hunger and test after righteousness. So he took them through the wilderness that he may humble them and cause them to hunger. He gave them then manna to eat that they may know That man does not live by bread alone, but by everywhere that proceeded out of the mouth of the Lord.